the reason we're, we're talking about patterns is because patterns are probably the most important thing that you can have in your life. Yeah, yeah anyone seen the TikTok videos that are like, tell me that you're a, without telling me that you're a, what, right? Like, tell me you're a pastor without telling me you're, you're a pastor, or tell me you're, you know, a TikToker without telling me you're a TikToker, or tell, tell me that you're wearing a hat without telling me that you're wearing a hat, I don't know. And here's what I would say. I would say that for you to tell me that you're a Christian without telling me that you're a Christian is for you to demonstrate the patterns that a Christian would have. As simple as that. For you to be successful in following Jesus, for you to make it long haul, raise your hand if you want to make it long haul, Raise your hand if you want to be done in the next few years. You want the storms of life and the pressures to take you out. How many want to just get taken out? Some of you automatically lift your hands. All right. You got a pattern, and I want to commend you for it. Every time someone says lift your hands, you do it. And I appreciate that. It makes me feel great about myself. But I would say show me that you're a Christian by the patterns that govern your life. And one of the patterns that we need to talk about tonight as we begin to conclude this series is this pattern of worship. And the reason that we, we gather and the reason that we sing songs together and the reason that we have a band and there's the reason that we have a sound system and the reason that we sing together is because we believe in worship. But I actually want to dissect what worship really is because some of you, and I love that Nate was just speaking to this, some of you, your, your worship meter and how you measure how how good your worship or how good worship is is based on what happens in this room and I want to flip it on its head that this room is secondary to a pattern of worship in your life I would rather each and every one of you have a pattern of worship in your life than for you to have this as a pattern but not have a pattern of worship on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays I think that this is very significant, but just as if not more significant is the weekly and the daily and the hourly rhythms that you live your life by. Because I'm, I, I, that's what's going to sustain you, right? And these are good moments, worship moments, where we pray together and we, we sing together. And there's some moments, you ever had a moment in a worship setting where you can just tell, like, man, God just, like, God just uh, was blowing kisses from the sky and tonight I caught one. Right? You ever had one of those? It's a lyric from a blindside song. Ethan, you didn't know it? It's okay. I'm not going to sing it for you because none of you know it. But, and it's, I, I can't sing it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to do it. Blowing kisses from the sky. Kisses from the sky. <laughs> and tonight I caught one. <laughs> it's actually a brilliant lyric. But I was thinking about, I was listening to this song the other day. It just came on my Mazda, my new car, and it automatically plays random songs from my iTunes that I have not used in years. And so this song by Blindside, you should look it up. It's called Shekinah. It's amazing. And the word Shekinah means, the Shekinah glory in scripture is where it's as if God God has a face-to-face moment with you. And those moments are great. Those moments where we feel like, man, that one was different than the rest. You ever had one of those? That moment with God was different than any moment I've experienced. 
It's the reason we do camp. It's the reason we do these special nights because we want those different moments. But those different moments are not every day. And they weren't meant to be because otherwise they'd be the same. And they wouldn't be special. I want you to have special moments with God. But I want you to have regular ones too. And the regular ones are what we would call a lifestyle. One of the worst tropes ever that is so true is worship isn't a song, it's a lifestyle. It's so true. Romans 12.2, or 12.1, I believe it is, says, this is Paul writing, and he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, there's two words here I want to hit, and then we're going to do something different. I'm excited about it. There's two words here, okay? Number one is this word living. Everyone say living. This word, he says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your act of worship. Living means, in this context, means something that is ongoing. It is not something that is momentary, but is actually a, a combination of continual moments. Like, when I'm living... I was a second ago, and I am right now, and I am right now, and I am right now. And I was yesterday, and I was last week. In fact, every moment I've been alive, every breath I've taken has been me living. Right? Right? It's been me living. But this is the paradox of it. Get this. As living sacrifices, you know what a sacrifice is, is something that is offered up at an end. It's an end. It's a conclusion the ending of something. And here's the benefit, here's, the, here's the, the thing that you need to get out of this. It's God has called you to daily and in every moment to come to the end of yourself and keep doing that. This is what the lifestyle of worship is. Is it's not just this. Friends, it's this too. You need to worship. You need to, because God's worthy of it. But God is worthy of your every single breath. God is worthy of your praise in your car. God is worthy of the music that's on your phone. And in fact, some of the music on your phone is not worthy of God. But God is worthy of the music on your phone. God is worthy of the conversations you have. But some of your conversations are not worthy of God. God is worthy of your attitude, but some of your attitudes are not worthy of God. And every breath, here's what he's saying, is in view of what God has done for you, Offer your every breath, your every moment as an end of yourself and a beginning of understanding who God is. Give it to God. That's what worship is. And you cannot worship. A.W. Tozer said this, and I'm going to misquote it. He said, you cannot worship God one day and not every day. The only possible way to truly worship God is to never stop. You, it's, not, it's not possible to have a moment of worship because our worship, according to scripture, is actually a continual living and dying to ourselves and living in God, acknowledging who God is and allowing him to live through us. If you want to worship God, raise your hand, you want to worship God with your life, right? Then guess what? Your breath isn't yours. Your conversations aren't yours. Your life is not yours. It is God's. Not only that, he paid for it to prove it. 
And this is the reason that we worship. So the reason that you change what you listen to, the reason that you sing, the reason that you gather, the reason that you sit in service and you don't talk to each other and instead you listen because you want to respect is because you believe that every breath that you have is not yours in the first place. But the moment that you, def- that you get away from it is the moment that it, God requires, again, a sacrifice. And what is that sacrifice? The whole of your life. God is worthy of your life, friends. God doesn't ask you to give him like your smile. God asks you to give him every breath you have. Because he's worthy. He's worthy of it. Amen? So, this is the reason that I wanted to do this pattern tonight. And I thought it would be fun to have a few people whose relationship to Undivided in some ways includes this kind of worship to come up and to talk about for them how worship has become a pattern in their lives. So we have three people tonight, and I'm so excited about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce all three of them to you, and then the first one is going to come up. We have three people tonight, and uh, one of which you might not even know yet because they hide, but they have existed for a long time. We've got the first one. We've got Leah Hagen. The amazing Leah Hagen. And uh, Leah's been a part of our worship team and leading and singing and all of that kind of stuff, but is a great part of a community. And then we have Matthew. I don't even know how to say your last name, Matthew. Piet? Piet? Piet. Way cooler than Piet. I, we've got Matthew. And uh, so you're like, literally... I don't know this guy. He has actually been our technical director. He runs sound, does all of the stuff back there. He's a whiz. And I'm going to tell his story for him. He literally sends rockets into outer space. It's phenomenal. Quite literally. So if you thought you were cool, you're not. He is. Okay. And then last, last but not least, we've got the one and only Lexi Love. And... Uh, um, And Lexi has successfully transitioned from being Marley's sister to being just simply Lexi. So give it up for Marley's sister. I'm just teasing. Um, All three of these guys, they contribute so much to our worship team and to our environment here and to who we are and and create environments for you guys to connect with God. And so I want to encourage you to sit up straight to lean in, to listen, to, to get something out of this tonight. Each of them are going to come up and share for a few minutes. And I'm, I'm just excited and believing that there's going to be an impartation for you. So you don't want to hear it. I would encourage you to hear it anyways because it might change your life. Amen. So first of our three speakers, I'm going to invite up the one and only Leah Hagen. Can we give it up real big for Leah Hagen? Hello. Hey guys, you guys are, ooh, this is fun. Okay, so um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Leah. I'm a junior at Tahoma High School. Can I hear from my bears? But also, I'm a freshman at Green River Community College. Go Gators! All right, so as some of you know, I am a worship leader here. And yeah, I've been here for about five years. Um, It's been nothing but great, and worship has been a part of that for quite some time now. So I'm going to start off with a verse for you guys. It's Psalm 86, 12, and 13, and it says, With all my heart I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever, for your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. So I just want to kind of tell you guys what worship means to me and how it 
kind of comes from in here to out there and how it's in my life all the time, constantly. So um, when I first started coming, it was like, you know, the sermons were great, the prayer was great, but worship just spoke to me in a way that none of that did. And um, first of all, I want to encourage some of you because it was hard for me. I thought that something was wrong with me because I was like, it's only worship. Like, I only feel God when it's worship. And I just want to let you guys know that that's God-given and that's okay. And it's actually a gift to have, um, to hear God through worship and to um, feel him in that way. So I just want to encourage you guys with that, that nothing's wrong with you. Um, it's actually, it's actually a gift. So, um, yeah. And, um, worshiping inside church is always like, it's a good way to encounter God. Um, it's almost like made for you. Like other people are creating the space for you to encounter God. And that's a great thing, but something really special happens when you take it outside and you do it on your own time because you're choosing that. And this, it's kind of like you come in and like, oh, there it is for you. But um, when you choose it and you say like, God, I'm giving you this time. I'm giving you this car ride. I'm giving you this time while I'm folding my laundry, whatever. Um, It's really, really, really special. And um, singing really, it's a gift. It really is. But worshiping is a privilege. And I feel like people way too often, we think that because we can't sing, we can't worship. And that's not true at all. Um, you do not need to have the gift of song to worship, and it's such a privilege. There are people in other parts of the world right now that can't worship. They can't outwardly express their faith, and it's so sad, and the fact that we have that privilege, and some of us don't even use it, it sucks. It really, really, really sucks, and it's just, I just always think, like, what a privilege it is to worship our God and to bow at his feet and say, how great is our God? He is so, 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 so good, and he deserves to know it every second of every day in your whole life, and you don't need to sing. You don't need to know how to sing. You don't need to be good at singing. It's just you you lift your hands, and there's something very, very important about lifting your hands when you're in this room and outside of this room, but when you're in this room and there's people watching you and you know that there's people watching you and you lift your hands and you just say, God, I could look stupid right now, but I don't care. It's, it's such a beautiful thing, and it's, um, God deserves it, really. He really does. Um, so I just have two simple things that you guys can do in order to bring what you, what you learn in here, what you encounter in here, outside, in your daily lives. And the first is making a playlist. Like, just, just put all your bangers on that. Like, sometimes I come in here, I'm like, oh, I don't really like that song, and it's like, huh. But on my playlist, that's like jam after jam after jam. It's like all my songs. Like It could be like Never Have I Ever and Best Friends. Are you kidding me? And Make Room. Those are the best songs ever. I don't know about you guys, but those are some of my favorites. Um, And it's just like, it's fun to just like have your jams and be excited to play that and not other music. It's something so special when you say, I'm not going to listen to the music that I usually listen to, and I'm going to give this time to God, and I'm going to listen to the songs that fill me up with the Spirit. So do that. Choose every day. I'm going to start my day off with worship. I'm going to ride in the car, and I'm going to listen to worship. I'm going to go to work, and in my AirPods, I'm going to listen to worship. I'm going to go to school, and I'm going to listen to worship. Um, And then second thing, just to kind of wrap up, just have it like 
surround you in everything that you do. Have the words surround you. When you hear something, write it down. Or when you, when you pray something while you're worshiping, write it down. And just have it surround you just through your whole life. Like, I think so often we just hear the song and then we let it go in one ear out the other. And there's such fruit that can come when you listen to the words and you apply them to your life and you don't just say, oh, like that was good and, you know, worship was fun and I love that song. I sing it in the car. But when you really take it apart and you're like, wow, like that was good. That applies to me. I needed to hear that this morning. I'm going to think about that throughout the day. I feel like it tunes our ears to hear God throughout the day and to listen to him. So when we start our day or start our school day or start our work job or whatever, and we have that tune, we may hear something or we may obey God in a way that we wouldn't have if we had just thought, oh, that's a good song, and then kept going. So that's all I have for you guys today. Um, Thank you for listening. My guy Matthew's going to come up. All right, who, who turned this off? You're not supposed to turn these off. Hey, everybody. Uh, let's give it up again. That was incredible. Uh, wow, so so inspiring. So, hey, everyone, my name is Matthew Pyatt. I'm the technical director, sound guy um, here at Real Life. Thank you. Wow, thank, thank you so much. I see all of you multiple times a week, but you may not see me. Uh, so I live back there, usually behind the soundboard. Uh, I've been doing sound for a couple years, but I kind of want to tell you what worship means to me, a little bit about my story, and just, you know, the pattern that it, that it represents in my life. Um, it's, a, it's a privilege to be up here. I've never really been asked to speak before, and this is just so incredible. So really inspiring. I just, all of you, just the energy you bring every week just inspires me, and I just love coming back to serve you all and create this experience and just be a part of that. So I just want to talk a little bit about that. Um, so what worship means to me, it's three things. It's connection with God, it's service of others, and it's building the kingdom. And so, you know, I found Jesus through worship. I grew up in a religion that I didn't understand, that I didn't want to be a part of, that, you know, my parents brought me into, that I didn't really get. It just wasn't, it wasn't me, and it wasn't us, but, you know, I had to go every Sunday, and I just, I wasn't feeling it. So I, I left, I was out of the faith for a while, but then, you know, something convicted me when I was a, a young adult, and I came back, someone invited me to church, and I was at a worship night, and Jesus just spoke to me through a song I'd never heard before, and I just broke down. And like, I'm not the most outwardly emotional person, but I'm just like, whoa, what is this? Like, Jesus is reaching out to save me and to, to redeem my life and, and bring me back to him and help me understand who he is. And so that was a worship night. That was, oh gosh, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, and I just, I broke down and, and Jesus just filled me in that moment, spoke to me and said, I need you and I want you to serve. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. And so... Um, a couple years later, I was attending a church in Bellevue, and I was invited to serve on the media and production team. You know, it's like they had a soundboard. I'd never done sound in my life. I'm a software engineer, so I can, you know, work, work tech pretty well. But I didn't know what that meant. They needed help. God told me to serve him and serve his people. Okay, I'm going to say yes. I said yes. I didn't know what that meant, but I didn't know how I could help being back there, not being up here, not doing anything, how that could actually serve him. And so, like, that was a journey. I just kind of had to take that step of faith to get into that. And so, 
Um, one thing about the church I was attending, there was, we did set up and tear down every week. We were church in a box. We met at Bellevue High School. We would load everything into our trailers and our trucks. We'd drive to the school. We'd set up 5.30 in the morning on a Sunday, all the sound equipment, the band, all that stuff, and we have to tear it all down again at the end of service. I was like, man, this is kind of a drag. But I, I realized through that every single week what we were doing, we were enabling because we didn't have a building, we didn't have, um, you know, we, we didn't have to pay all this money to, to own this space, that we're through that activity every week, our service team and our, our worship team doing that every week was actually enabling people to get clean water in other countries. It was helping orphans. It was like we could take all the money that we saved and send it out. I was like, wow, I never thought that being a part of the setup teardown team, being on the sound crew, you know, doing that every week could help God's kingdom in that way. And I didn't get the connection until week after week because it, it started, for, at first it was about the church and then I started making it more about me and then I got struck down. It's like, no, this is about other people. And so, one, you know, that weekly grind, you know, it was a huge, I realized there was a bigger purpose. There, there, you know, it was a big surprise to me when I actually was, you know, trained up well enough to run the soundboard, you know, and I was doing it, um, you know, during some worship songs and, and during rehearsal and everything. The first time I saw someone's hands go up during worship, during that moment where they're just gripped. You know, I don't know what was going through, through their, their mind or in their life, but the first hand that I saw go up, I was just so inspired. It's like, whoa, God is using me through technology and through my gifts and my skills and my training to reach other people, to grow the kingdom. And I didn't get it until just then. It's like, oh, this isn't about me. This is about him. This is about people feeling that, that message and that spirit. And then when I figured that out, it just like what worship you know, the, the corporate activity on Sundays and Wednesday nights and, you know, rehearsals on Thursdays. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of other, other bands and studios around Seattle. It's, it's an opportunity to serve other people. And so what it does for me is I get to share my worship experience and I get to provide the opportunity for other people to have that and to worship together and to praise God together. And it fills me up. I mean, there's times I'll be back there and like, I'm getting chills because like the Holy Spirit's just filling me up and filling all of you up and just the energy that's brought in the room specifically with, with working with you guys on Wednesdays. And it's so inspiring to me. And I also have a huge love for music. And the thing is about music, I think Leah was saying it a second ago, is that music speaks to me in a way that people always, that maybe people can't. There's a there's something transcendent about music that just kind of transcends culture and time and beliefs and backgrounds that like draws a lot of people in. And the thing about music for me is, is it's really inclusive. It's together. It brings everyone in. It just kind of puts everyone on the same playing field to experience that in their own way. And I've noticed that the continual service, you know, I, I have a full-time job outside of sound engineering and outside of working here. I, I do mission control software for an aerospace company. Um, we just sent uh, Captain Kirk into space today, so I'm happy about that. Before I saw that on the news. That was cool. That was fun. That, that's, my, that's my day job. That's a lot of fun. Um, but I found that like, getting to be here is such a privilege. I mean, we were, we were talking on Sunday. It's such a privilege to be here, to serve all of you, to serve the greater community, to serve the world, to build that kingdom. And I've realized it's my love for people and wanting to provide that experience is why I keep, is why I keep doing it. And the final thing that I've realized is that it's not a performance. Worship isn't a performance. It's a praise. So... Thank you. That, that's all I got. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> this is 
so different for me, but I'm excited to be here. I'm going to thankful to have a little chit-chat with you guys. I have a lot to get through, so I'm going to start with a little bit about my testimony and something that God did in my life that was huge and I would say is a reason that I am even standing here today. So backstory, I came to Jesus my freshman year of high school. I was invited to UD, changed my life. I was um, going to Sundays and was baptized about six months later and I've been running with Jesus ever since. But there was this other realm in my life that also mattered to me a lot and I devoted a lot of time and effort and blood, sweat and tears into and that was theater. I loved it. I started at a very young age and continued to do so for the next decade or so. Um, yes, theater is great. Um, and it took up a lot of my time, and I wanted to pursue it. I was so passionate about it. This is what I convinced myself that I wanted to go to school for it. It was exactly what I wanted to do, and I took all of the experience and the things that I needed to um, get up the, the stepping ladder, get that experience. I did shows whenever I could, and then towards the end of my time in my theater rain, I um, actually was given the opportunity to fly out to New York, and I performed a show on Broadway, and it was like, <laughs> it was, I mean, I will always say that to this day, it was such an amazing experience, and I, I'm always thankful for it, and towards the end of my time there, it was a couple days before I left, it was after the show, I was approached with the opportunity to pursue theater full-time. And I was like, this is it. Like, I, I finally made it. Everything that I've worked towards is, is finally coming to fruition. And I, I like, of course, I'm going to say yes. So it's like, give me, I'll give you a couple weeks. Here's all my information. And I went home. So now I'm at, in the space of having to make a very important decision. Do I stay home or do I take this 180 and fully pursue theater? But there was something that was holding me back that I couldn't shake. Um, I had developed a good habit with God of feeling um, peace or the lack thereof when it came to decision making. And I knew that that was important um, in the small things and in the big things. And I felt that in my time of prayer of asking, like, God, what is the right decision that I make right here? And he spoke so clearly that theater was not right for me. And it was tough because I didn't understand at first. I was like, this doesn't make any sense, God. I'm upset with you. I don't understand. This is something that I've worked so hard for. And you're telling me no in these final moments when I'm finally brought to this, what I thought was going to be a dream come true. Um, so, but I knew he was right, um, whether I understood or not. So I said no, and I stayed home. And then I was in this place of like, okay, what now, God? Like, you know, I've, I've had this, uh, this is what I've been going for my entire life. And now I'm kind of in this place where I don't really know what's next. So this was my chance to finally get back into church. Um, theater was taking up a lot of my time, and I wasn't able to really come here consistently. So I was like, okay, let's start there. I'm going to come to church. I got plugged in with worship. I knew I wanted to serve, and that's how I felt best um, in terms of what I could offer. Um, so I started doing worship, and as I got more consistent with it um, and started leading a little bit more, I, I remember feeling a tangible difference between using the voice that God gave me for theater versus using it for worship. Over here for worship, it was about impressing people. It was about showing everybody what I've got. It was, it was solely about me. But then you go over to here in worship, and it became about anything but me. And I thought that that was incredible. When I finally understood that, it clicked that God was transitioning me into using the things that I had to offer instead of for my self-gratification, for to, to minister the Holy Spirit, to usher in God, and for everybody to experience that. And I thought that that was amazing. 
So um, we're going to read in Luke 9, 23 through 25, if you have your Bibles. And if you're going to title this, if you're taking notes, it is called Deny Yourself and Take Up the Cross. Luke 9, 23 through 25 says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self? So backtracking a little bit, when I came at this crossroad, I had the full free will to choose whether I wanted to go with my desires, what I wanted, what I thought was best for me, to say, God, I know you're this all-knowing, omniscient God who knows everything, but this time you don't. This time you don't know. I've worked too hard to get here. I'm going to go for this. Or I could come over here and say, God, whether I understand or not, I know that your plan and what you have for me is better than my own agenda, and I'm going to trust that whether I get it or not. So as hard as it was, I made that decision, but I want to kind of touch on what it means to deny yourself. I want to define that. So if you're taking notes to write this down, it is to set aside what we want in these moments and instead giving it to God and saying, have your way with it. I think this is one of the most important things that we can do in our walk with God. And I know that we're talking a little bit about worship. That is a part of your worship. To um, Worship comes in many forms, and entrusting God with your heart and your life is one of them. So we're going to go into a couple reasons. Um, what, what do you gain by denying yourself and, and, and submitting yourself to the Lord? When you... It is the point number one is life and life more abundantly. When you choose to let God have a say in your life, you will bear fruit that would have not existed otherwise. It says in John 15, 5 through 8, that I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. When we deny ourselves, we are being honest and humbly submitting our will to God and saying that he has a better handle on our lives than we ever could. And that is a, a conclusion that I had to come to when I was at this crossroads of pursuing something that I wanted or I thought I wanted so badly versus what God had for me, which is much better. Point two being, uh, you will be fulfilled. God is promising fulfillment when you trust him. He's promising to empower you and give you everything that you need to fulfill your call and your purposes. Um, and by leaning on his strength and his knowledge instead of your own, God is promising to overflow your cup, not only so that you would feel fulfilled, but that you could deposit that into other people as well. And my third point being that God will give you purpose. When you choose to let God have a say in your life, he will give you purpose along with wisdom and passion and ambition to aid you in that. I feel that personally. I can attest to that. I have felt more fulfilled and more confident serving here, doing what I can to, to worship than I ever have in front of a crowd of hundreds or thousands of people strictly for me. I feel more fulfilled here than I ever have. And I think that that says a lot about our God and how important it is to use what we've got, whether it's our characteristics, the things that make us uniquely us for him and for his glory. God gives us our rhyme to our reason, and I think, I hope that you can take a couple nuggets from this, um, and I just pray that if you guys have any situations in your life where you're either choosing between something or um, you are trying to give God something that you are holding so tightly to you but is weighing you down, I would pray that you would release that to him because he knows your life and the way that it's supposed to step out better than we do. So I'm just going to pray us out. God, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness. You are such a good, good, and good God. 
I pray that if anyone who feels like they need to give something up to you, I pray that if they're needing to trust you with a situation, maybe they're thinking about what school they want to go to, maybe it's a situation happening in their family or their friends, I pray that you would just remind them that you have their best interests at heart and you are going to lead them in a direction that will fulfill them and give them joy through you, Jesus. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, everybody say... Come on. Amen. Can we give it up for Lexi? Incredible.